6, verses 5 and 6. And um, so in verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And I believe one of the areas here, guys, that we so often, um, I, don't, I, I, I hate to use the word fail because it's such a negative word, but in reality, I don't think um, there's a better, where we fall short, if you, we fall short, or let's call it like it is, we fail, is there's two words associated in both of those verses, or one word in both of those verses two times, which is the word all. And I ask ourselves, God, when you say all, that's 100%. That's everything. That's lock, stock, and barrel. If we were to put that in baseball terms, of which I know is a foreign sport here, nonetheless, but there's something that's referred to as batting a thousand, okay? Batting a thousand means that you have had a hit. You've had a hit every time you've got up to the plate. Not an, You didn't get on base by an error or a walk or uh, anything like that, you've, you've got a first, a second, a triple, a home run, whatever it is, that means you're batting a thousand. Or you may say, we're running on all cylinders. This is 100%. And so in verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If we remember over there when Stephen was described, that great and wonderful deacon of, of, of that first one group that was chosen, the Bible says that they chose them out seven men that were full of faith in the Holy Ghost. And then later on it references Stephen saying he was full of, full of faith and power, okay? And that power equates to the Holy Ghost. That means his whole heart was filled with faith and the Holy Ghost, meaning Stephen didn't have room for himself. He made no room for who Stephen was. He made no room for his own peculiars or his own particulars or his own opinions or his own dependency or his own trust. His whole trust, lock, stock, and barrel, was based upon that which God has provided and given him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not 90%, not 95%, uh, but all. And then the secondary statement on there when we talk about trusting God himself, and lean not unto thine own understanding. How many times have we looked at situations and we say, I know what to do. The Bible tells me to do X, Y, Z. This is what I'm to do, but I just don't understand why. And God's not interested in us today trying to figure out why we are to do something. He's only interested in us doing it. I don't, you know, why, do, why should we be uh, in the house of the Lord? The Bible doesn't give you a why in, he, in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, forsake not the assemblies of yourself together as the manner of some is. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we see that, that final day, that day when the Lord descends with a shout in the air, we should be more committed, more dedicated to be in the house of God than ever in our life. And you say, well, preacher, I don't understand. God's not interested in you leaning on your own understanding of why. He is only interested in you obeying and trusting in him. You want blessings in your life. You want a fruitful life. You want to be filled with contentment. Then simply place your trust not just your salvation. Don't just receive the gift and then go out there and try to figure everything out on your own understanding. That's not what it is. You're just to do it because God said do it. Amen. Verse 6 says, in all thy ways. So here's another all we have. Number one, we're trusting with all of our heart, not just 99%, but all of it. Number two, in all thy ways we acknowledge him and he shall direct the path. That's a simple formula today when it comes to trusting in God. If you want him to direct thy path, you're going to have to acknowledge him in all of your ways. Not what you can do, what you have done, or who you are, but acknowledge him if you want to have a life filled with a fruitful life, if you will, 
filled with contentment. So last week, one of the things that we looked at, the first sub-point, if you will, that we had of trusting God, is we discussed that we needed to learn to trust God with our time. Every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every week, every year, we need to trust God with our time. 86,500 seconds or 1,440 hours, okay, that, you know, that this, or 1,440 minutes, I said it same thing last week, hours. That, that's what we have in our life, to trust in God. And if we are trusting with all of our heart, and we're, um, in all our ways we're acknowledging Him, we're taking those 86 and a half thousand seconds and we're placed in, placing it into his hand to be used by him. We're trusting God with our time. And I closed down last week with some statistics I understand. But I read from Psalm 90 verse 12, and I've already blacked it out on the screen so it won't be there. But the, the psalmist said, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Wisdom is the proper use of understanding and knowledge. That's what wisdom is. You can gain all the book knowledge in the world. You can gain all the Bible knowledge in the world. You can have a clear understanding of what to do, when to do it, how to do it. But if you do not combine those together and utilize them properly, you're not wise. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me very clear that those who are deceived thereby, speaking of uh, taking strong drink, okay, Touching strong drink, drinking alcohol. They said, they, uh, those who are deceived thereby are not wise. The Bible clearly tells us that, uh, that strong drink is raging, uh, that, that alcohol is, is bad, it's, it's wicked, it's vile. There is not one good thing ever that you find uh, in the history of mankind or in Scripture that alcohol has done positively. I don't care if you say, well, preacher, I just have one, uh, one a year. You don't need one a year. That's just stupid, okay? You don't need one a year. You don't need any ever, okay? It's alcohol. It is poison you're putting into your body, period. And the Bible tells us that if you drink, I don't care if it's one a year or it's a one a day, the Bible says you're not wise. You have the knowledge that it's bad for you. You have an understanding because you're not an idiot that it's bad for you. You can use wisdom now to not be deceived thereby. Now, that's what I'm saying. Wisdom is the proper use of knowledge and understanding. And so when the psalmist said, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom, we're learning about trusting God with our time. We're understanding how we acknowledge him in all our ways, okay, and trusting the Lord. And then we can take those seconds, those minutes, those uh, hours, those days, those weeks, those months, and those years and we can put them to good use with wisdom in following the Lord so that we can have a fruitful life filled with contentment in this world. So that was time that we looked at last week. And we're going to finish off uh, this, this portion today. Uh, and starting, we're going to look at trusting the Lord with our talent. With our talent. Now, some in here are more talented than others. You can play musical instruments. You can sing. Uh, you may even can dance. I don't know if that's a talent or not, man. Uh, Nisi can dance. Uh, I can't do any of those things. I can't even carry a, a tune with a, with a handle, amen. Uh, but it is what it is. But again, to go back to verses 5 and 6, we, re, we reiterate these words in these verses, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean on unto thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. 
Uh, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 4 in verse 11. Uh, he said, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it uh, as the ability which God giveth. Now, if you're in your Bible in 1 Peter 4, 11, underscore which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praised and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, you know, we saw the Super Bowl here a couple of weeks ago, and, and we saw the two different quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, who is a professing Christian, and um, Mahomes, who is a professing Christian, and both of them taking a knee uh, on, the, on the, the pitch there, and, and they're praying before God or whomever they're praying to, and they're asking for the Lord's allegiance and all this and that, and everybody just praised that thing, and they thought they were so wonderful, got all the attention, okay? And then the day after the Super Bowl, I believe it was, uh, uh, oh, Patrick Mahomes is in the midst of one of the Super Bowl parades, and he is 10 sheets to the wind, drunker than Cooter Brown, as you'd say back in the South. What a testimony for, for Jesus Christ, isn't it? The man's got all the talent in the world that has been literally given by God. He proclaims the name of Jesus Christ, and yet he's in the public so wasted that he nearly gave the Super Bowl trophy away to some fan on the street. What a terrible, despicable, vile testimony for Jesus Christ. For, uh, for Jesus Christ. They, Tim Tebow never got the, the exposure when he took the knee, and everybody wanted to, they wanted to browbeat him. But I can tell you this, Tim Tebow and, and Patrick Mahomes taking a knee on the field, they're not the same. They're not the same. If there's anything I can say about a Tim Tebow, number one, I think he was the greatest college quarterback to ever play. I think he got ripped off in the NFL, but I believe God has a plan for him. Had a dear friend of mine years ago. We were talking about uh, the, the the spectacle that was going on in the NFL with him, and how he just wasn't really given the chance to, to really. He, he wasn't given the chance to fail. When he took over the, the Denver Broncos, he took them to the playoffs. Okay, uh, Peyton Manning didn't even do that his first year. The next year there, but I'm saying that to say this. My friend said, "You know what? The Lord may not want him to play NFL football. The Lord may want him in the ministry, and that's seemingly exactly how it has been for him." But that boy has lived the life. He is, he's lived it outside. He has guarded and protected his testimony. He's protected his marriage. He protected and guarded himself for marriage, of which Mahomes and those clowns can't say that kind of stuff. I'm saying all this to say that, to say, make this point, guys. The talent that we are given in our life today, no matter how minuscule it may be, it's given by God. And it's given by God for this purpose and this particular reason, to glorify him. The talent that God gives you guys is not for the glorification of yourself. Everything that you may do that brings glory to you, that builds your name, that builds your empire, that says, look at me, up a tree, here we go. Hey, whatever it may be that you're given, that's all dead works on the, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, shouldn't we give credit? Give credit what credit's due. And credit's due given God because that's where it came from. Amen? Look over Romans chapter 12 with me real quick. We're speaking this morning about having a, a fruitful life, about having a fruitful life of contentment, but we're talking about trusting God with our talent. And again, it doesn't matter how big of a talent. Guys, you may have the talent of being faithful. How about that? When we think of talents, guys, we think of talents as, again, like his singing and, and speaking and, and playing an instrument and all this and that, or, or, or playing a sport. There's sometimes there's called the talent of diligence. There's the talent of dedication. There's the talent of, of, of laboring inside a, a church, amen. Good night, man. I mean, you can run a Hoover. Anybody, a monkey can run a Hoover, amen. 
you know, and you, we don't have to hear about it for a month that you ran a Hoover either, amen? I'm just here to say, guys, there is the talent that you can just to, just to work, if you will, to bring glory to God. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, you've heard me preach from this text, obviously, uh, for years on end. We're not going to park here, but for a second. Your reasonable service, guys, is to present your body, that flesh that you're sitting in right now. Look down at your hands, this right here. Your, the, the bare minimum, your reasonable service is to give it back to him as a living sacrifice. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Well, I tell you, we can park there. Some, some, there there's some that think they're too good to give that body over as a living sacrifice. Amen? You trust in God with your talents? I don't know what your talent is today. But I'll tell you this, if, you, if you're not trusting God with your talent, using it to glorify Him, no matter what, what minimal amount it may be. Like I said, your talent, guys, and don't, don't look at this wrong, your talent may be running a hoover in this church. Your talent may be cleaning pews. And you look at that and say, that's not a talent. That's a talent. Amen? Everybody's not a, a singer. And just because you're a singer doesn't mean you can't clean. And you can't pass tracts out. And you can't witness and invite people to church. Because all of those things, talent or no talent at all, are required by God for us to do. We are to be a light in a, in a lost world. We are to uh, compel people to come in. We are to be a witness to people. There's things that we can do that every one of us have the capabilities of doing now. There's going to come a time when we don't have those capabilities. And we're going to wish and beg and plead with God that we could just come in and do something for the Lord. Think about that. It says not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think, think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one member is one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace. Okay? Gifts, talents, guys. How can you and I optimize our effectiveness through the endeavors of the local New Testament church in reaching our full potential in the talent and time the Lord has given us? And since talent is, is an evident aspect of another's life, and rightly so, guys, it, it should be, we should assess our proper utilization of our time. How are we using our talent within the time God has given us to therefore bring glory unto Him? Our talent is a gift of God. It needs to be recognized as so. All, ta all things do come from above. And, and guys, whether or not we use the talent for the Lord is based upon our trust in Him. If we don't use our talent for the Lord, guys, uh, I'm telling you, we are forsaking the trust that we have in our life. Trust in God that he will use such a gift to further his glorious work in this earth, thus allowing us to have a fruitful life of contentment. There's ways that we can evaluate our life. 
I've looked at them in times past. I won't continue to do so and go further. But I want you to see this in the latter part of the book of Rome, or Romans chapter 12. Or Sorry, picking up where we left off. Again, we are one body, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one to an, of another. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given us, whether prophesied, let us prophesy according to the, the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, uh, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love, and honor preferring one another. I say that, and I'm going to close. Honor preferring one another. I think one of the greatest things that you can do in your life is give time to someone else. Time is an is a invaluable resource. It is a non-renewable resource. You either use it or you lose it. You can't make it, but you can sure enough take it. So I'm here to say this to you this morning. I'm going to be done. I, I don't know what talent you may or may not have. I know a talent is not always going to be in the box of physical attributes. Sometimes people can have a talent of simply being kind to someone. That's a big talent lost in our world today. Sometimes there's a talent that people have, a talent of consideration for another. You know, one thing I realize, the less I do, the more somebody else has to do. Think about that for just a second. We're members of one body, right? We're helping one another. Right arm helps the left arm. Left arm helps the right. Right foot, left foot, neck, head, fingers, all of it's helping one. If one part of the body stops working, another part has to compensate for it. You know what happens when a part of the body has to overcompensate because of another part of the body who refuses to do what it needs to do? It starts to break down. It starts to overwork starts to hurt, and now it becomes limited in its access, limited in its availability, limited in its attributes, because it's had to pull double weight, double time, double work. So, beloved, sometimes a talent, if you want a fruitful life filled with contentment today, sometimes a talent is just simply based in trusting God with your time, trusting God with the talent he's given you, but putting it into effort to bring glory unto him simply to take the weight off of others, just to help someone, maybe to make someone smile, maybe to make someone happy, maybe to be a listening ear, whatever it may be. But today I'm going to ask you, are you trusting God with your time and a talent that God has given you? in order to bring glory unto him. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and time to be together this morning. Uh, we simply ask you to bless the rest of this day, Father. Uh, we ask you to bless with all that has to be done today. I ask you to please help us. Help us get through the day safely and soundly. 
And Lord, again, let us take the word to heart today that we may be able to bring glory and honor and praise to the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, uh, should you give us an opportunity to be a witness today, an opportunity to invite today, uh, Lord, let us not pass that up. Lord, let us seek it out with, with joy, and uh, we'll bring honor and praise to your name. Father, I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And, um, well, praise the Lord.